0: Jai, Jai, Sitya Jai Jaya Nityananda, Jai Dvita Tanya Daya, Gauravakta Vinda, Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare, Hare Rama, Hare Rama, Rama Rama, Hare Hare. Today I want to speak... Um, about a topic following really where I left off. Um, I've been discussing bhakti over the last few days. And I discussed uh, the history of bhakti. And I yesterday discussed the, uh, the essence of bhakti. And, uh, and today, I wanted to uh, continue this um, by speaking about the sadhu. Uh, the sadhu is a saintly person. Uh, sat means, means truth. So a sadhu is one who is dedicated to the truth and, and must be dedicated to the truth. Um, uh, really, my topic is, is uh, authenticity. It is uh, it is about uh, um, about being real. It is about uh, being sincere, um, and that can only be if we live the truth and nothing nothing but the truth. Um, of course, bhakti has two aspects to it, and one is known as Vaidhi-bhakti and the other one is known as Raganuga-bhakti. Now, in uh, in Vaidhi-bhakti it is uh, it's natural to uh, we have to follow rules and regulations so then we cannot always act according to our our nature, uh, then sometimes you just have to uh, uh, follow prescribed duty. Whereas in uh, Raga Bhakti, in spontaneous devotional service, coming forth out of attachment to Krishna, uh, then one can maybe more follow the spontaneous part of the heart. So the first thing about authenticity is that it seems to be um, following the heart. And that is is difficult when we are still conditioned, because we're dealing with two aspects of our nature, the conditioned aspect, the liberated aspect, and then the conditioned aspect is something um, that awakens desires that are impure. And they need to be purified. So, a sadhu is is one who is, first of all, taking shelter of the scripture uh, before anything. Must must follow the scripture. One second, need to plug in uh, something. Wait, yeah. A sadhu is is one who is thoroughly honest. Tadvat wie sage Janata geripapo pati slogan abadati pinamani und das so ein Gita the translation reads on the other hand that literature which is full of descriptions of the transcendental glories of the name, fame, forms, pastimes, etc., of the unlimited Supreme Lord, is a different creation, full of transcendental words, directed toward bringing about a revolution in the impious lives of this world misdirected civilization. Such transcendental literature, even though imperfectly composed, are heard and sung, accepted by purified men who are thoroughly honest. So that is a sadhu. A purified man who is totally honest. Um, And then there's some discussion about... So on the one hand, he has to be purified. Purified from the lower nature. Purified from the conditioning that arises from the conditioned souls. And from the... uh, from the conditioned side of our nature. And the other side is he has to um, take shelter of scripture and find find himself in the scripture, Uh, not just uh, following scripture strictly, but realizing scripture, realizing the truth of the scripture. Without realizing the truth of the scripture, Uh, our our devotional service is very external and incomplete. Now in the beginning it may be like that Um, but one must thoroughly thoroughly find the truth in the scripture Uh, and and for that matters uh, in the relationship with the spiritual master. Uh, The relationship with the spiritual master is based on faith and one must somehow or other uh, accept Accept um, what the spiritual master is saying, even if, um, if one is not in agreement. Even if somehow or other there are things that that the spiritual master says that uh, one cannot uh, identify with, then what? Uh, uh, then that creates uh, dilemmas. Uh, um, so what do we do? What do we do? Mm. We have to try and, and embrace, and embrace every word, every action, and try to, to thoroughly understand why. Mm. Maybe, maybe we've seen many actions of the spiritual master that have, uh, that have instilled great faith in us. Maybe we have seen uh, an example. And, and we said, yes, yes, I can agree with this. But then it may come to something that we don't like. And then, uh, how can that come from the lips of that of that same personality. Vaishnavira kriya vigina bujaya. One one cannot understand the what motivates a uh, superior personality. So one must first try to under, try to understand what is what is motivating him. He obviously doesn't see from the perspective of an ordinary person, he obviously doesn't see from a worldly perspective. Uh, so how how to understand these things out there? Mm. Vedic culture is 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 sometimes. Uh, complicated because Vedic culture is designating people. So in the Vedic culture there's a Varna ashram, and some are higher, some are lower and so on. And that kind of thing is difficult, um, this classification. And also, so on the one hand we see Vedic culture and. Which is based on Varna Ashram and classification of people. And on the other hand, we see uh, the pure transcendental platform. Sarvopadi viniya tat parat nirmalam. Give up all designations, all, and just surrender unto Krishna. Sarvopadi viniya muktam tat parat vena nirmalam. Risi kena risi kesa bhakti uchite. Simply start to uh, to engage in uh, in satisfying the senses of the lord mm. what to do a sadhu um is one who has to lift his anchor. Um, we all of our anchors in the world, Boma uh, ijidi. We identify with the place of our birth. We identify with uh, with all the external attributes that we had in our life. Uh, we are from a, from not only from a certain place, but from a certain family. Uh, and it says that one who is, Gunti uh, Devi is pointing out that if we really want to be sincere, uh, then Janmaiswarya uh, akinchana then we have to give up, uh, then we have to give up all the uh, attachment that, from our birth, from our position of wealth, possessions, social status that comes from it, shruta or learning, uh, our position, our education, our knowledge, not only like that I have a certificate, but I have knowledge. And that one has to simply uh, detach from that. From one's intelligence. You know, I have a brain. Um, and from, from beauty. Um, and one has to, Kunti Devi says, one has to thoroughly attach from this. Uh, if one wants to be able to to be sincere. Hmm. So... A sadhu, a man dedicated, a man or a woman dedicated to the truth. Uh, Technically, for a woman, it would be sadhvi. But sometimes when devotees speak, uh, we may say, sadhu, sadhu. Uh, Yes, the the truth has been spoken. Uh, ah. And this is wonderful, this is glorious. So everything is based based on truth. Spiritual life without truth is not possible. Um, it is said, "Sanyasi ra alpachidra sarvaloka gaya." If there is one spot on the reputation of a sanyasi, all people will speak about like a a, a black spot on a. Uh, on, on a on a white cloth. That is the uh, yeah. That is imperfection. Hmm. So it's not easy to uh, to fully accept a person. It is. So what if we disagree with the spiritual master? Hmm. What if, in our heart, we disagree? What do we do? Are we then doomed? Is that the end of our uh, of our spiritual life? Hmm. Well, we have to be ready lift our anchor and to lift our anchor in the faith that we have in our own convictions sit like so here comes the spiritual master and 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 he comes from yeah a different a different point than we do and we may have to we may have to question now our own uh, our own conviction. Um, of course, there may be material things. You know, it, we're talking about matters of truth of what is truth. Right, we're not talking about uh, necessarily a material thing. You know. Um, can the spiritual master make mistakes is, is, is a topic that comes up. The conditions and Prabhupada would say no. But then there's the example that there was a crab that came from the ocean and, and Prabhupada said, oh, look, a scorpion. And everyone saw it was a crab. So how about that? Mm. When Prabhupada was asked about this, Prabhupada said, oh, that's material. Uh, So, but there's no mistake in presenting the absolute truth. So this is difficult to to totally, totally realize. We are individuals. We have our individual natures. And our natures are also different. Or or whatever, there may be statements. Mm. Like Vedic literature. Uh, the spiritual master is the representative of the Vedic literature. So here he is, he's also the representative of the previous Acharya. Here he is, and what if there are statements in Vedic literature <coughs> which are different, uh, difficult to understand? So I mentioned just a few minutes earlier about the uh, multi-layered, uh, the multi-layered nature of the absolute truth that Vedic culture offers us a system of varna ashram. And varna ashram is the way to organize society. Um, varna ashram has caused, <clears throat> uh, apparently. A lot of uh, pain uh, because Varna Ashram is the system of classifying people. Um, Prabhupada pointed out that Varna Ashram is not meant to be like that, an exploitive system. That Varna Ashram is meant to be a system based on, on protection. And that Vaina Ashram is meant to be a system um, based on qualification. According to qualification, a person is to be classified as Brahmana Vaisya, Sudra. Mm. Um, Prabhupada said, "Ye Krishna or, Lord Chaitanya said, "Ye Krishna Guru Whoever knows, uh, whoever knows uh, Krishna Tattva, the truth about Krishna, he is Guru. Uh, irregardless, irregardless, even even like it's a tapas you have to look up the rest of the verse. I just phew, forgot. Uh, but the point is, is the verse is saying that uh, even a dog-eater, even whether one is is it, comes from a chandala background, a dog-eater, still, he can be elevated. Um, he can be elevated to the platform of... Uh, of a spiritual master, of a brahmana, of a teacher. So the Varnāśyam is simply an external structure which is meant to deal with conditioned souls and to somehow or other take care of conditioned souls. It's not the last word. Therefore, uh, when uh, it was presented to Chaitanya Mahāprabhu uh, that. To follow the duties of varna ashram, Shri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu said, "No, this is, this is external. This is external. And ultimately, uh, ultimately, what is the uh, a level up may be uh, expressed." Where Chaitanya Mahaprabhu gives all that up. Naham vipranat janara patir na pivaish uh, janasudra naham vaninatagriya patir vanastiya tirva kintu prajane kila paraman itabde gopi das 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 gopi bhartupada kamalayor das 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 establishing himself on a transcendental plane. I am the servant of the servants of the Lord and ultimately of the gopis, right? Who are the ultimate servants and Shri is the topmost servant so like this on a transcendental plane uh, it is service to Krishna it is service to Krishna that is is the essence so the sadhu has to be the uh, embodiment from the service to of or the embodiment of service to krishna uh, that is the only only truth that can be there um, early in the morning <coughs> the the birds are very happy uh, because early in the morning the sun is rising and and obviously uh That means life, that means uh, the warmth, the goodness of the day begins. And the sun and the birds, they glorify the sun. And I see some religiousness in there, uh, in the birds. Uh, Maybe a covered religiousness, because it's uh, it's it's in the mode of ignorance but there is definitely a recognition of the uh, of the source of goodness the source of light and in that way uh, one who is in knowledge is recognizing krishna the supreme and that is the only the only purpose of the whole existence uh, how we see the whole world as as an arrangement of the unlimited goodness of Krishna. Mm -hmm. Uh, Krishna is the omnibenevolent person. Unless a sadhu can see see Krishna as the all-good, omnibenevolent person, and unless a sadhu can embrace everything in this world as all good, how can a sadhu develop love for Krishna? When a sadhu is seeing imperfections in Krishna's creation, is seeing injustice in Krishna, then basically if there's injustice in Krishna's in Krishna's creation, then Krishna is not just. Therefore, a sadhu has the great responsibility, uh, the great responsibility to look at all the suffering in the world. The other day, uh, uh, what are they called again, these brothers, uh, Kamazarov or something? Uh, Kamazarov, huh? I think they're called. Yeah, Karamazov. That was it. Yeah, I knew I said it wrong, but it's one of those names karamazov uh, so the point is is that in dostoevsky's writing there are these two brothers and one of them ivan is is an atheist and then ivan comes up with a terrible example and he very graphically describes how a uh, girl is being uh, tortured by her parents for some reason. She's five years old, but the parents, they hate her, and they're torturing her. And in various ways, they inflict mental and physical pain on the child and punish her and punish her unduly. And it's like, it's just, at, at one point they, they put her in an outhouse in the cold for the night as a punishment. And it's just endless. And it's just like a brutal, brutal evil. Uh, because even even Krishna became very angry when Prahlad was being uh, mistreated. Krishna became a uh, became uh so angry that he took the form of Nasringadev, half man, half lion, and no one had ever seen such a ferocious form. Uh because especially to to inflict pain upon an innocent child is horrible. So Ivan is bringing this up, and Ivan is saying so. Now, if if God is allowing this, uh, if He is allowing this, then uh, then how can I ever accept Him? So that is a fact. So Christianity, especially, spends a lot of time on the topic of evil in this world. And they have solved the problem by saying, yeah, well, God is not responsible. Uh, And 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 other Abrahamic religions also, the the, uh, Islam also, uh, is speaking about an angel who, who, who rebelled. And who became Satan? So the same principle. So it's an it's a very powerful entity who is almost divine and who is rebelling against the Lord. So in this way, the Lord is all good. We have absolved him from responsibility. What can he do that uh, that other entity, huh? That, that other entity has uh rebelled. Mm. So, uh, but in the um, in the Vedic context, it is not like that. It is said that evil is the shadow side of the Supreme Lord. So a sadhu has a terrible, uh, has a terrible challenge, because the sadhu has to actually uh, look at all the suffering in this world, in all its atrocity, and all its, its terror, and just ultimately see that there is an external course where... There may be a person who is an evildoer or a group of person who are evildoers and they are evil uh? and they are just outright cruel and this and that and and. but then ultimately behind it is the Supreme Lord who allows it all and how, how can we look at this, uh, how can we look at how can the Supreme Lord allow all this? Hmm. And the sadhu has to accept, has to accept that this is is ultimately serving a greater purpose. The sadhu has to develop udara di, broader intelligence. The sadhu has to see in in, in a very broad vision in a very broad vision a much greater time perspective a sadhu will see a living being on a journey over many lives a sadhu will see what a person has done in previous life what comes back now a sadhu will see it thoroughly even in the face of terrible Terrible pain. Terrible mistreatment. And a sadhu has to see that ultimately whatever happens to every living being is for a good end. And that includes uh, that includes everything. That includes Concentration, camps, slavery, it it includes all the exploitation, all the crime, rape, murder, Uh, it includes all that in the world. A sadhu has to see, ultimately, whatever happens is for growth. Even if the medicine is so bitter, uh, it is meant, it is meant for a person to grow. Of course, how could the child grow? The child didn't even grow up. Children are, are killed, tortured and killed. They don't even grow up. All right. But then you look at it as from the body. Now, the soul. The soul is never killed. The soul never dies. So whatever goes on, for then the soul, whether a living being is killed and grows, uh, and then, then the living being will take birth again. So what is more horrible, more heinous than if someone is killed. If just in the middle of the great gift that they received called life, someone else interferes, steals away this life, first by mistreatment and then hurt, and then even by killing by cutting that life unnaturally short. What is more horrible than that? And yet, the transcendental person sees yes, but then that soul doesn't die. And then that soul disconnects from that whole bodily experience. And that soul starts in a new life. And that soul will now uh, start fresh. And the impressions, the impressions will be there. Uh, the impressions of the suffering of a previous life, like a bitter pill amidst an ocean of sinful reactions.. Uh, what can we do? Um, I was in Vrindavan, and I was going on, uh, on a Parikrama, and it was really hot, and I come past a, a pump, right, a water pump, and around the water pump, the ground was wet. So it was really, really hot. So there was one dog, and this dog was sleeping on the wet earth to cool down, right? And then there's this this girl, young girl, kid, coming to the pump, and she has a big water pot. And she fills the water pot, and then she takes the water pot and turns it upside down on the head of the dog. Of the sleeping dog and I mean (laughs) I have never seen anything like it I mean that dog that dog was just drowning right water everywhere in the nose in the mouth whatever that dog is just like water just came out of its nose out of its mouth and it was just drowning on the land and he said like Oh little girl, what did you do? Huh? Are you getting reactions for this? For like drowning that dog? Huh? How can you do this? Hmm. But well, well it can be excused because she was only a child, so didn't quite understand. Yeah. Okay. diminished reactions. But anyway, you know here. One can look at it another way. One can also think, who was the dog? And what did the dog do? And in a previous life, to now be a dog, and what karma, and so on. And then uh, we can see the, the, the girl's action was actually the relief of a whole karmic load that this dog was carrying. And in this way, the dog was... Liberated, it. One can look at it like that. But it takes a lot of adjustment, a lot of adjustment to develop this broad vision. So the sadhu has to practice this. The sadhu cannot just, after hearing this explanation, embrace it the sadhu has to thoroughly hear it again and again and think about it and thoroughly accept it that ultimately the Lord is all good and everything that works in this world is all good. And then um, the sadhu will be the representative of the Supreme Lord. So on the one hand, the sadhu has this sense of of karma and seeing how everyone is simply getting his karma. And on the other hand, the sadhu is the embodiment of compassion. Titiksava karunika suridam Sarvadeinam ajata satra kshatra I miss the word, sadhu uh, Anyway, these are the ornaments of the sadhu, compassion. So the sadhu is filled with compassion. He has no enemies. Ajita, satra, uh, santa, kshatra. He has no enemies. He's the well-wisher of all living beings. So even although he has that greater, broader vision uh, of seeing everything on an eternal scale and seeing the living beings on a journey and going through and sometimes getting the, unnecessary, getting the, the necessary bitter pill, which is terrible, but still what can be done. But the sadhu very feelingly, is still seeing all this suffering as something, as something that is so hard to endure. And the sadhu is working day and night to relieve this suffering of the living beings and to somehow or other uplift them and bring them to the pure spiritual platform. That is a sadhu, to tiksava kurunika. He is paradukaduki. He cares for the suffering of others. Vasudeva Tata said, all right, if if all these living beings have to suffer for karma, give it to me. I'll take it then. If everyone is just going through this whole mechanism of suffering, I understand it has to be because the karma. right? But I'll tell you, I'll take it. Let me suffer and let them go. Chaitanya Mahaprabhu said, Oh, Vasudev, if it is your sincere desire that is enough, then they don't have to suffer. If you wish, I can just write it off. I can just change their heart and take them back, if you so desire. So does Sadhu even more than that, by his desire, By his desire, he is pulling the living beings out of sin. Prabhupada said, I have created your pious activities. Oh, it is the age of Kali, the age of darkness, the Iron Age, the age of degradation, the age of Torah sinfulness, the age of Torah corruption. And who is free Mm, in this age? sadhu the pure devotee stands above and is is not only compassionately trying to deliver the living beings by giving them transcendental knowledge and a process of elevation or by engaging them somehow or other unknowingly and getting them some agyata sukriti some unknown spiritual benefit no a sadhu is praying to the Lord, and his prayer, his prayer is heard because he has purchased. Mukti uh, dadati, bhakti na Liberation, I will give you with bhakti. I will not give you. I will hide it because with bhakti you are purchasing me. And so the sadhu has purchased to a degree. Oh Vasudev, Vasudev, datte He has purchased me. He can do whatever he wants. He can sell me in the marketplace. Chaitanya Mahaprabhu said he has purchased me by his activities. I am his. Whatever he desires. Because he has completely dedicated himself to me. Therefore the sadhu, by his dedication, purchases Krishna. And then Krishna, then Krishna is even ready. All right, all right. I'll just write off their karma. And I'll take them back, all the karma. I'll take it away, and I'll just take them all back, back together, because you desire. As such, the sadhu is the ocean of mercy. Hmm. So, we bow down to the sadhus. And the embodiment of bhakti, the sadhu is the embodiment of bhakti, the embodiment of truth, the embodiment of love, the embodiment of devotional service. He is he is. always worshipping. Oh. We saw Prabhupada's glorious moment when he established the Krishna Balaram Mandir in Vrindavan. And when Prabhupada offered that first arti to, to Krishna and Balaram, he was beaming, he was just elated. And Satsuru Maharaj describes that at the end of the arti Prabhupada did not even blow the conch. He just walked straight up to the edge of the, of the altar and began to speak, began to preach. What can be said? The sadhu the sadhu was so pleased because this is Vrindavan. Uh, This is Vrindavan. This is the home of every Vaishnava. And Prabhupada created a home in the home of every Vaishnava, for every Vaishnava, a temple where they could go and worship the Supreme Personality of Godhead and where devotees from the entire world could come because as As we preach Krishna consciousness, uh, sooner or later, people will wake up to the existence of Vrindavan and sooner or later, they will come to Vrindavan. uh, Sooner or later. uh. As we are preaching Krishna consciousness, it will bring people to Vrindavan more and more. And Prabhupada, with that full vision, was now saying, and I'm giving you Vrindavan please, take it, take Vrindavan, and now come and worship Krishna. Uh, Because what else to do in Vrindavan than to worship Krishna, than to serve Krishna? And and, uh, that place is exclusively meant for worship of Krishna. Nothing else. uh, Nothing else. This is the glory in this Rindal. Mm. Let us worship, let us worship the Vaishnavas. Uh-huh. Let us worship the Supreme Lord. So the Sadhu is thoroughly honest, thoroughly assimilated the absolute truth, has has thoroughly accepted the Scripture, and has thoroughly understood the Scripture, and has thoroughly made it his own. Is can actually feel the truth, experience the truth. Not just knowing it, but actually totally experiencing the truth. In this way, uh, the sadhu is the embodiment of of the Vedic literature. And he teaches it by his example. Um, And in this way, he's an ocean of mercy. Uh, And how can we, uh, how can we who are still, uh, still so much struggling with the material energy. And if we struggle with the material energy, it means we struggle with our body. Vajavegam, manasakrodevegam, jivavegam, Vega, With the pushings of the tongue, the belly, the genitals, the mind, anger. All these pushings are so strong. Uh, And while we are still struggling to one degree or other, uh, we cannot fully, fully comprehend. We cannot fully comprehend the sadhu who is filled with love, an ocean of love. How can it be understood? And yeah, in the Dutch language, we speak of your holy houses. Everyone has his own little, you know, like toy houses little holy houses. Here's your own little holy house. And then someone comes and just breaks your holy house, your sacred house. Oh, how can you touch my little sacred, my holy houses? Mm. But for the sadhu, there is only one holy house, the house of the Supreme Personality of Godhead, that is the only thing. So, in this way, um, we are um, looking at bhakti from the perspective of the sadhu, and and that is the uh, the essence. Um, that is the essence. Um, so my lecture in one sense is an expansion from the, the lecture of of yesterday and uh, it is dealing with bhakti, it is dealing with the absolute truth it is dealing with uh, um, authenticity uh, if we are not authentic every step of the way if we if our whole action is not based on faith, if we're only accepting part and not all, then it will not be possible, then it will not be possible to attain, uh, to attain the highest levels. Then we will not rise above the conditioning uh, then we will not rise about the conditioning of the uh, mm, of the material world and so we cannot uh, just 100 percent become the instrument of Krishna and this is what we are to become and it's a, it's a big thing so it's a big thing to be thoroughly honest It is a big thing to be a sadhu. Thank you very much. And I don't sit here uh, like a sadhu. I sit here like one who is thinking about what it means to be a sadhu and about one who is trying to become a sadhu. All my obeisances to all the sadhus out there in the world. And thank you. It's very nice that uh, so many of you are out there and, and sending me little messages of appreciation so that I can see that you're there, uh, Thank you, thank you. And yes, here we are, uh, connecting through electronics. And it's fine. It is fine. Whatever works. Uh, some devotees were initiated by Srila Prabhupada by letter. They never even met him. But yet, they were initiated. Some devotees, they, uh, they met him once. Uh, now in the communication age and may it be electronic or may it be whatever it may be it's, uh, it's actually quite amazing uh, and we can see that even in the midst of a difficult situation in the world with borders closed and this and that Krishna is taking care of us well, somehow or other Bhakti uh, Bhaktisiddhanta used to say cars and planes are actually meant for devotees to use, to spread Krishna consciousness so, so many people were flying with planes but actually it's really meant for the devotees to fly around and deliver people around the world in the same way the internet is used for so much rubbish But actually, the real purpose of the internet is to be able to put some transcendental knowledge into the world. So that the sankirtan movement may increase. Thank you very much. Hare Krishna.